Picture this, you're sitting down to watch a live poetry performance. The first poet takes the stage, and as they begin to read, they're accompanied by a live jazz band. If this sounds intriguing, well, you're in luck. International Jazz Poetry Month returns to Pittsburgh on May 2nd. The festival features more than 50 artists, including local jazz icons and poets from Algeria, Cuba, Sudan, and Ukraine. Tickets to watch online or in person at City of Asylum's home on the north side are free. Get yours at cityofasylum.org before they're gone. Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, for a city full of universities and colleges, what's one more? And what makes a DO different from an MD? We've got the scoop on Duquesne University. Plus, we're wondering why one of our beloved inclines can't stay open and what to look out for when Pride hits a new park later this year. It's Tuesday, January 23rd. I'm Megan Harris, and here's what Pittsburgh's talking about. I'm with CityCast producer Sophia Lowe. Good morning. Hey, Megan. I feel like you've been talking about sledding for actual months. It yes. was 80 and green out <laughs> the last time when you first started talking about it. There's a lot of hills. I want to go sledding. I know. You've been scoping it out for months. Did you finally get to go? No, I guess this one's what? kind of on me because there was <laughs> finally more snow. But the I don't know. I want like perfect, Sophia. Yeah, I don't have a sled yet <laughs> for all of my talking. I need to go get one. They are like $3 outside the Giant Eagle. I know, I know. But I also want like a really big snowstorm, like a foot of snow. Like this was still pretty good, but. I think you are being way too picky for Western Pennsylvania. <laughs> uh, but did you get to celebrate the season at all? You're just such a like a snow person. Yes, yes. I love uh, being inside, but snow is beautiful, so I'll run outside for a little bit and then cozy up again. I did collect some snowballs that are sitting in my freezer now, and this is because <laughs> newsletter editor Francesca DeBecco told me about how the Carnegie Science Center has Snowball Day. Um, That's right. So that was new information to me. This is in the summer, if it's also new information for you. Um, it seems like the main demographic for this is children, but I... I was about to say, I thought Snowball Day was for kids. <laughs> Yeah, I maybe will participate. Maybe I'll just host my own snowball day uh, by myself. Snowball day is so great. If you are not familiar, you collect a snowball in the winter, like now, run outside, do it. And then in June, I think it's the first day of summer, they invite folks down to the Carnegie Museum to throw your snowball in the river and watch it melt all as a group. Yes. So it's going to be warmer. So grab your snowball now. Don't procrastinate like me with sledding. So other than snow, uh, Sophia, what do you think Pittsburghers are talking about this week? Well, some big news for Duquesne University. Uh, we've got a huge medical industry here, obviously. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the first things you notice when you come here, all the hospital systems. Eds and meds. It's our thing. <laughs> exactly. Um, and now Duquesne has its own medical college. Uh, it's a college of medicine. There was a ribbon cutting last week to celebrate. And the first class of students will be starting school in the summer. 
Yeah, it feels like this has been in the works forever. I think that's just that like weird time vortex that happened during the pandemic. I had to look it back up. I think the first I saw of it was 2019. And it's interesting because this program is for osteopathic doctors. So they'll be DOs instead of MDs. Yeah, I didn't realize this was a DO program until we started looking into this more. Yeah, I mean, as I understand it, they're both licensed physicians, still a ton of school. Uh, they can do similar things. It's just kind of a different like headspace that you approach medicine for. Yeah, so I did some digging into the Cleveland Clinic because that's also my understanding, but I'm sure there are more nuances I don't know about. Of course. Um, we'll link those explanations in their show notes if you're curious. Um, but the gist of it is that MDs do something called allopathic medicine. So that's like treating illnesses with medicine, surgery, and osteopathic medicine is what DOs practice. Um, and here's the quote from the Cleveland Clinic. Um, they focus on, quote, the relationship between the mind, body, and spirit. It focuses on treating the person as a whole and improving wellness through education and prevention, end quote. Um, but that doesn't mean DOs don't use like regular pills and things like that, too. <laughs> um, I see a DO. I've gotten meds oh. really quickly when I've needed them. Um, I've seen MDs in the past, too. And honestly, the yearly checkup to me is basically the same process. Uh, I do like my DO, though. I feel like she's asked me a lot of questions and is pretty good at listening. I don't know if that has to do with the practice or just her as a person, but... I think that if there's a DO available, totally great to go to one. Yeah, I've looked for DOs in the Pittsburgh area before, but I've never found one that was in my area, accepting my insurance and was accepting new patients. It's really a trifecta around here to like land the right thing. It sounds really cool, though. <laughs> yeah. And also, I just think scheduling medicine, any doctor thing is hard. I actually scheduled an eye doctor appointment. Uh, I don't see the eye doctor until April. <laughs> <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> okay, but going back to uh, the DO program, Duquesne says that this college will help address an anticipated physician shortage in the country. Uh, there's some data from the Association of American Medical Colleges, um, and this cites a potential shortage of primary care physicians right. between 17,800 doctors to 48,000 doctors by 2034. That is an enormous range. And only 10 years from now, somehow, 2034 is really close. Yeah, I, I read a lot of reporting, actually, on this topic over the weekend, um, just because it's we're leading into an election year. I guess it is now an election year. But that particularly for physicians interested in maternal medicine, um, they're worried about these shortages. There was a study published in December that asked about 500 third and fourth year med students across 125 schools about the considerations that they were taking when they were thinking about residencies, like where they would do them. Uh -huh. And 58% of those students that were asked said that they would be unlikely to apply for a residency program in a state that had abortion restrictions. Mm. Um, there was a Fast Company article about it and another one in the New York Times. We'll link to them in the show notes. Um, but just talking about how abortion restrictions have really changed the landscape for people who previously wanted to study reproductive care. I mean, it could be a really scary thing. And I know it's not a thing in Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania, but it's still... I don't know. It makes me nervous because I, I hate the idea that we're going to get fewer doctors in places that need them because protections aren't codified. It's, yeah. it's such a big open question. 
It really is. And even though we have um, some protections here in Pennsylvania, we're also still estimated to have a shortage of doctors. The Hospital and Health System Association of Pennsylvania figures that by 2030, little less than 10 years, we'll be short more than a thousand primary care doctors. That's only six years from now, Sophie. <laughs> Matt, can you believe it? That just seems like so far away. But yes, Duquesne says that they're going to enroll, I think I saw 85 students this summer, and they want to get it up to 170 students in the next couple of years. So hopefully one more medical school will help. We'll see. Do you like to dance, look at beautiful art, eat gourmet snacks, people watch? Well, mark your calendars for Friday, June 7th for one of my favorite parties in Pittsburgh. It's Mattress Factory's 25th Garden Party. The theme this year is make-believe, and it's all to celebrate and support the creatives in our community. There's going to be live music, an open bar, an art auction, and probably my favorite, the costume contest. Trust me, I will be judging yins and so will everyone else there be playful be imaginative explore your magical realm because this is a theme party you want to come dressed to impress you must be 21 and up to attend and rest assured every dollar raised goes directly towards supporting the museum its art its education and all of its community outreach initiatives get your tickets now to the 25th mattress factory garden party they are in our show notes and online at mattress.org. Megan, give me something to look forward to. Tell me something fun that's happening here. <laughs> well, this isn't happening yet, but I think you'll like it. It is very fun news. If you keep up with our newsletter, Hey Pittsburgh, you've probably seen this already, but Pride is going to be in Point State Park this year. The Pride theme, in the park. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's got a new theme, Still We Rise, a Pride Revolution. They're always so big, pie in the sky, you know? Yeah, that sounds really fun. I didn't go to the big pride parade last year because it was way too hot. It was so hot. <laughs> yeah, but I did go to the Bloomfield one because that was just a few blocks away. So it was really nice to just walk out my door and be in the middle of it all. Yeah. I bought a fun drink and a pineapple, <laughs> realized it was not alcoholic. I thought it was because I paid like $20 for it. No. <laughs> Yeah, maybe That's not quite rude. 20, but yeah, it was like at a price point where I thought it was a cocktail. Hopefully yeah. it went to charity or something. I mean, that would be fine. But someone was selling $2 shots just out of a handle of vodka, shot glass included. <laughs> it was sanitary. And I poured that into my drink. So happy ending. <laughs> what a journey. <laughs> Have you ever seen that comedy bit from Hannah Gatsby about being introduced to, quote unquote, her people via Mardi Gras? No, I haven't. Um, I will send it to you and I will link it to the show notes for anybody curious. Um, I do enjoy a good pride event, but I think that I'm more Hannah Speed. Um, anyway, there are a ton of small neighborhood events all summer, like Bloomfields, um, especially in June, but they they go on and on. Um, there's a good list from last year still on Qberg's website, the queer outlet here in town. Mm -hmm. We'll link to that, but it'll be updated continuously for the next few months. Yeah, and Bloomfield pride for anyone else interested in going is june 2nd i would say that's one of like the bigger neighborhood ones though there are definitely smaller ones yeah they've been doing it a minute um, Pittsburgh's huge one in Point State Park now is May 31st to June 1st the official pride march and parade is usually that saturday so that'll be the first 
Now that it's at Point State Park, I definitely think I want to try to make it to the parade, even if it's hot, because that's the middle of the city, the fountains there. I would love to see mm-hmm. all of like the rainbow and color decked out with like the rivers. Um, was there any particular reason that the organizers bought Pride to the point, or is it just like my vision? It would be cute. <laughs> uh, I the organizers told the Trib that they thought it would be you know good for the community, um, but also just like so many other big events have happened down there. Why not? pride. We'll put that trip story in the show notes. Um, my one pro tip about the Point State Park situation, though, is definitely if you have to park, uh, do it on the North Shore or do it on like the South Hills and take the TN. Do not under any circumstances try to find parking downtown when there's a festival at Point State Park. It's so annoying. I will be taking the bus in there and then doing my little walk down. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Are there any rules about what kind of like events and festivals can happen there? Because like you said, I know there are big um, gatherings there, but also Three Rivers Art Festival got moved from the park to the cultural district, right? Yeah, I think people forget sometimes that Point State Park is, in fact, a state park. Because you just call it the point. If you leave out the state, you can't remember. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, and the fountain and all that. Um, So the DCNR actually manages it. And they made this rule that multi-day events have to be limited to no more than seven days. Um, So if like a super long event like the Three Rivers Arts Fest, uh, they they can't go. They had to find a new home. Um, But something like Pride that's just a weekend, that's fine. So it has to do with like having on-off days so that the DCNR can get in there and do maintenance and take care of the space because having just like so many days on so many days just created an impact that was like kind of untenable. So the rules changed. Got it. Sounds like a lot of scheduling maintenance that I'm glad I don't have to think about. I am... I'm glad they're taking care of our green spaces. That's oh, nice. Although yes. I do miss having Three Rivers Arts Fest down there. It was nice. That is very important to keep the park looking nice. Um, And I know it's still way out from June, but do we have any details about what to expect at this year's Pride celebration? So it says that the parade is going to go down Liberty Avenue to the park. Um, and I'm sure you're going to I'm sure there's going to be so many people. I think City Paper reported last year that there were around 200,000 people for the main parade. Wow. Um, but of course, like you said, still several months from now to Pride. Um, I would keep an eye, like I said, on Q-Berg, um, because they always do such great work leading up to it. Their coverage last year of the 50th anniversary of Pride was just dreamy. Their cover story in particular where they photo photographed the current organizers with the organizers from 50 years ago. It was just magic. Yeah, I remember. It was a really cool cover. And if you're also looking to be a vendor at any of these Pride events, I think you can also head to pittsburghpride.com to check for updates. So before we go, one more thing we have to talk about. The Mon Incline is closed again. It truly feels like the Mon Incline has been open for about 10 minutes since I've moved here. (laughs) Uh, I wanted to ride it in the summer and admire all the pretty scenery when things are green and gorgeous. But when I tried to go in August, I didn't realize that it closed for a little bit. I remember you talking about that. You were so disappointed. Um, The Incline closed down for a bit, like you said, in August last year. Then again for about a week in October. Um, This shutdown, I guess, uh, started in early January because of mechanical and electrical problems. And the cars weren't stopping correctly. And last week, PRT, yeah, Pittsburgh Regional Transit, they said that the Incline was going to be closed for at least another two weeks. It sounds like they were replacing one part and realized that there were other issues in there, too. It is incredible to me that they can even 
find parts for this thing yeah. or get people to make them or get people to work on it. Like, hopefully it'll be back open soon. I mean, closing for safety tests sounds pretty important, especially if the issue has to do with stopping the cars properly. Um I mean, I'm sure it's annoying for people who use it every day. But yeah. in the meantime, there are still some shuttle buses running instead. Yeah. You know, the other day I was at dinner next to a couple who had just gotten back from Italy. They were telling me about their vacation um, and marveling about a brand new incline that they had gone to there. I, I forget that just because our funicular is 153 years old, that that doesn't mean that they all are like... <laughs> I love the history and all that, but like we could just build some shiny new ones for people. Do you have a picture? I do. This looks like a before and after in like House Hunters, like the after part where something <laughs> is nice and shiny. That's a good way to put it. Um, I also found this other list from a sustainability blog called Tree Hugger that shows a bunch more all over the world. Uh, I would say Pittsburgh's are probably among the oldest on this list. Um, But some of them, it says, carry millions of people a day, just like any other major transit system. Um, It would be nice, you know, if we could have something new and nice like that. I don't know. I'm just dreaming. I'm imagining millions of people on our two inclines. I mean, not not those. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) But yeah, like you said, ours has a ton of history. It's charming. Uh, The Duquesne Incline in particular, if you've never been up there, is definitely worth strolling in. Like every wall on its Mount Washington end is covered floor to ceiling in historical photos of Pittsburgh. Um, All the big gears and everything, like the mechanisms that make it move are all visible because there's the glass around its dock. It's really cool and it's free to go in and check out. I think my favorites personally are the photos from the huge floods that we've had in the past, um, which there are still markers of downtown or like when the smoke is so thick at the middle of the day that it looks like it's nighttime but then in the caption of like the historical photo it'll say that like it's really 11 a.m or whatever it is yeah and that part's not fun to think about (laughs) well yeah i mean i'm glad that we are living in modern pittsburgh and not smoke and smog covered pittsburgh in that way but you know air quality issues persist (laughs) just like the inclines Yeah. So I did hit up the Duquesne Incline when I couldn't get to the Mon. I went around sunset. Great time to go. Yeah. Um, But in terms of the Mon Incline, this quote from PRT's CEO in the press release they put out, I think this is really funny. Um, It's, quote, the Mon Incline has been rebuilt, rehabbed, refurbished, and upgraded multiple times throughout its history, (laughs) which in many ways adds to the unique challenges of maintaining such a valuable piece of Pittsburgh history. While we cherish the opportunity to be entrusted with its upkeep, we are often tested by the difficulty of keeping such a prominent icon in operation. Tested. They're being tested, Sophia. (laughs) I feel bad for people who rely on something like the incline, though, and then they have to take these shuttle buses. Like, I mean, I I feel like we're channeling executive producer Mary Lee Williams when we're just like, it would be really nice if the buses were just a little bit more consistent, reliable, and then none of this would be an issue. Yeah, as someone who takes the bus but isn't quite familiar with all of it, as Mary Lee is, I still can say it absolutely sucks when you don't have a car and then your transit options change. Mm-hmm. It's just tough. Um, but maybe next week we can update y'all and let you know that it opened. Here's hoping. Fingers crossed. Thank you, Sophia. Have a good week. You too, Megan. 
That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. Please check out our website. It's pittsburgh.citycast.fm and it's full of all our past shows and most of the great stuff that Francesca DeBecco writes for the Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. Of course, there are always more info, more details, more events for subscribers. We'll be back tomorrow with more news from around the city. Talk to you soon. Did you actually put a snowball in the fridge, though? I'm going to do that later. I forgot this weekend.